0: Welcome to Stories of Hope. I am Christine Hotchkiss. I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like our fingerprints that put us on the paths and the journeys of our lives, some fine purpose. I truly believe every story can help heal, inspire, educate. And my one word, and we can all use this, is to give hope. Today, my guest had an American dream. Her name is Ala Lee. Aranda, brilliant. She is a native from Paraguay. She has quite the extensive education background, but she came to America at the age of 17 with not a whole lot, just she and her her luggage. And so today we're going to be talking about diversity and the American dream in which she followed and she'll tell us where she is today. Please
1: help me welcome my guest today, Alali. Hi Alalee. Hey, Christine, thank you so much for having me in your podcast, Stories of Hope. I'm very excited to share my story and uh, hope it can serve as an inspiration to other people. It is. And, you know, as a, as a young child, we have
0: dreams, you know, some, if you ask a little kid, they may say they want to be a, a garbage truck or ice cream person or a teacher or a firefighter, you hear all the, right. the basic ones, right? But you came from another country. And because I've only known the United States and the way that we are, our accustomed uh, to do things. Where did you come up with
1: the idea from Paraguay to America? so Paraguay um, I'm originally from the capital from asunción um, it's it's a country that is very metropolitan. So growing up, all the movies and TV shows that we watched, um, you know, you could often find them in English. Uh, We had a lot of, you know, Hollywood appearance on on the TV and things like that. Um, Some movies were dubbed, some movies had subtitles. Um, So growing up, I I was um, exposed to, to the American culture per se. But it wasn't until um, in 2008 I got selected to represent Paraguay in a program called Youth Ambassadors, put in by the U.S. Embassy in Paraguay. Oh wow! So they selected um, uh, young kids between in the high school age, and uh, I happened to had the honor to be selected as one of those kids, and uh, at the age of 15. Um, I had the chance to come as an exchange student for one month, so three weeks total. And the idea was that, you know, we would come and network with, with other high school students and then we also went to the Paraguayan Embassy in D.C., um, all these cool places in D.C., in Washington, D.C. And then um, we went back home and actually um, developed com- community projects where we got to give back, right? And so I remember distinctively, you know, um, being in, in D.C. first, and then we had uh, a week in Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas, um, where we we were staying with a host family, and um, they took me to University of Kansas, K.U., um, and they showed me the university, and back then in paraguay there wasn't a university of of music like there you couldn't study music as a college level mm-hmm. so when i saw that in the states you could study music and in, in college i was like that's it I'm, I'm going over there i'm gonna study and then i'm coming to college here and um and that's what i did i went back and i looked for scholarships um I studied for the SAT, and then I started my application process and moved two years later. So so two years later would be 17. So the music, what kind of music? So um, I have a bachelor's degree in piano performance, classical piano. Oh, wow. So from the age of uh, four, I think it's the first record of a recital, I, I played piano my whole life. So when I was um, a kid, you know, my grandma, my mother, they they are also very musically inclined. My father is a great singer um, and he plays the guitar. And so music has been in our family forever. Like it's part of of the tradition. So uh, growing up, I I played piano and my mom kept me busy so I wouldn't get into trouble. (laughs) So, um, you know, I I play piano and then I started competing and then I have aunt uh, who's a a role model too that poured a lot into me and then um, helped me, you know, find my way as a musician. Um, And so I applied for a piano scholarship. So the same way that, you know, some people pay their college education with a sports degree. I played piano through college to, to pay for my degree and, um, and went that way. Wow. So 17, you didn't come with your family? No. So my family still lives in Paraguay. Um, oh. the, throughout the years, they come to visit. You know, one year they come, another year I go. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very scary move at that time. But um, I applied to different universities and uh, Pittsburgh State in Kansas um, was the one that gave me the the scholarship that made the most sense. Um, And I also knew some people that had already gone there. So I ended up moving. And um, this aunt that I'm telling you about, she was already a junior by the time I, I move as a freshman, so she's the closest family I have in the States. She still lives in Kansas City. Oh. Um, but uh, my, my mom, my dad, and my two sisters, um, they're still uh, in Paraguay. And, you know, we just build our life over here. Well, and you know, the United
0: States is a huge melting pot place, mm-hmm. excuse me, melting pot. And some states, like here in Arizona, I think we see a lot of the diversity um, from different areas, probably because we're close to Mexico, um, but we have a lot of different people that come here, even to just vacation. I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah. It's a great place to come visit for a while, right? Like right now at this time of year. Um, when you came here, did you know any English?
1: So I, when I moved to Kansas, um, I did. So I had to uh, do every single step that any other American kid had to do to go to college. So um, the standardized exams, like the SAT, I did have to take them and in English. So there was- some <laughs> the <laughs>
0: challenges was, that you had to- were, Yeah,
1: okay. it was tough. Um, so I, I did study English to come to uh, Kansas. Uh, But if you can imagine when you first get here and now all of a sudden, like, you have to speak English. There's no option, right? Right. I always remember the story when when I was with my host family and and they asked me, so what do your parents do? And I was like, they're liars. What? (laughs) 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 Liars, what? (laughs) They study law and do all of this. Oh. <laughs> so they were lawyers. Lawyers. Oh, my gosh. So the it's lawyers different. and lawyers, oh, my gosh, they still remember <laughs> this day. Oh. So the broken English was there. There was English, but, you know, it took some time to speak with not much of an accent and all of that. <laughs> so was it hard to make friends?
0: And to get and adapt to our culture versus what you were used to?
1: Yeah, I I would say that making friends in college was not as hard as after I graduated in Kansas and moved to Arizona. Um, Because by the time I moved to Arizona, um, now I I don't really have a network. I I knew one acquaintance. I moved with my job, my current job at Bimbo, and uh, I only had one acquaintance. So it was, it was hard to to make friends and to um, meet people. And sometimes I would um, meet somebody, and I'd be so excited and be like, "Can I invite you for lunch? Can I take you out for coffee?" And then was this whole interaction: "Are you hitting on me?" <laughs> no, no, I just genuinely want to uh, get How to know you. Me. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it was a little tougher in in Arizona because I didn't have a network. But what I did was I started um, networking professionally a little more. So things like meetup or volunteering um, got me to meet people, and and then I found a church, and then through a church I met other people, and so on and so forth. So it was a good. I would say three to six months until I made friends. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I, I just think making friends as an adult, it's a little harder than when, when you are in college, right? It's, it's a more closed environment per se, the university. Um, so, but yeah, it was um, interesting culturally as well. I still remember when I had to ask what hang out was and, oh. why were we, and why were we outside? I didn't <laughs> understand that it was a, a la phrase saying, let's just hang out. That was, that's what people do. Um, but so the yeah. lingo was different. Absolutely. Oh, wow. And I don't know about
0: you, but there's there's still new stuff coming out. I'm like, what does that mean? And I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to stick with it. And then a lot of people are now doing abbreviations like WTF. and Exactly. And, you're like, and I'm what? like, no we, no, we need to speak in whole sentences, not, not abbreviations. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I get caught off guard all the time. You got the younger generation <laughs> and I know you're younger than I am, but even the younger generation that's coming up with all Absolutely. these new stuff. And I was like, um, I don't know if that's so hip anymore versus just shortcut and just that's it. You know, very yeah. personable too.
1: Yeah, and so it's like you know we're we're in moving fast and as fast as we can and as busy as we can. So it's just again what happens. But yeah, it it took some getting used to. It, the norms, the cultural norms, are not the same. They're a little different. Um, but with with good mentors and and honestly good friends that show me the way that I was able to um, to navigate it like for example I'm a very um, outspoken person and a, a, a very thoughtful person per se so I would text somebody I miss you and they would be like okay now you're getting weird No, <laughs> you don't know like I, I miss seeing you and so things like that were you know learning the the social cues and the normal cues was it was a process. <laughs> still learning still is it's yeah. still, it still is it keeps
0: changing um, so would you say your biggest challenge was your culture to ours
1: Um, I think it's funny because I've lived in the States now for, for 10 years so it, I would say I could divide it in phases okay. um, of, of my, my journey with being diverse and being Latino and and all of that. So when I first got here, again, 17, you have to think that period of time, it was about fitting in. It was about um, imitating uh, the accents or the phrases or the clothing, learning how to wear the makeup the way the Americans do. Um, One thing I never did was wear pajamas on campus though. I cannot do that. that that one no um but certain things and you know you're trying to fit in right
0: yeah
1: Uh, learning to party on campus like that and finding that balance right yeah um and then it was um how to not lose myself in the american culture being a graduate student and starting to Mm -hmm. think about those things and is, is the united states really where i want to live? like there's a lot of world out there mm-hmm. um, and through college i was able to live for three years in taiwan wow taipei i did a um a seminar a class on international business and i lived in taiwan for three months without speaking the language and again there is a lot of world. Like, where do I want to live? Where do I want to go? Yeah. I was in the middle of Kansas, a town of twenty thousand people. So, helping helping them be aware of how big the world was when some people had never been to Miami or California, like had never left Kansas. It it was it became like a. a a personal mission. (laughs) So I was uh, one of my jobs in college um, as a student worker was working in the international office where I was a study abroad peer advisor. And my whole purpose was to get Americans to study abroad, (laughs) to be a or study abroad, anything. But the world is big. There is grants right here, there's scholarships right here. So I would say that was phase two where I was like, Okay, the U.S. is great, but there is a lot of world out there. Um, and now I'm in the face where, um, you know, I've, I've met my husband. Um, and we're talking about um, having kids and raising a family someday. Mm-hmm. And, and then deciding to stay. I just had to go through the process of um, transitioning from a work visa to having my residency card and let the green card, right? And becoming a resident of the United States. And it's almost like you feel um, this certain freedom and responsibility now because you're not just... Uh, a visitor or have uh, to go back, well, yeah. here. Yeah, you're part of the I'm, system. Yeah, I'm here now. And, and you know, making that step was, I'm here to, to stay for a little longer. And so it, it's... You know, we, we change all the time, right? We we um, go through different phases. But I would tell you, um, to me now, uh, my identity is very important. Like being from Paraguay is part of of my identity. It's it's not about fitting in in the U.S. anymore, and and it's about um, sharing, right, where I'm from mm-hmm. and experiences that mm-hmm. uh, that I've had growing up or even now. With others and then helping to spice it up a bit, right? <laughs> so we're not all from the same place and all having the same thoughts. Well, you've done a
0: good job because I had met you um, here in the city of Chandler through an organization, a group of ladies called Fortis Femina. Mm-hmm. And we are all diversified. And when I say diversified, we're actually in the city of the Phoenix area, but the girl, the ladies come from all different areas. So you may have someone in Chandler, you may have someone that's in Phoenix, someone that's in Glendale, someone from all over, right? So instead of like all over the United States, as you just mentioned, there's so much world out there for us. We're bringing our own community together by the different areas of the city. So you've You've done done a (laughs) great job. We've gotten to meet, I've gotten to meet ladies I would have never met either.
1: Right, and it's that's what um, you know. You mentioned for, for Um, uh, but not only that. Throughout my career, I I find that, um, or or my life in general, I find that when you are willing to volunteer or participate in the community, um, and and just step out of of your own cocoon per se, and and farther into your community, um, you were able to see things that you would probably not see or meet people that you probably wouldn't, right? Absolutely. And I think it's just been the process of, like we were talking, making friends, right? Well, I had to do it in Kansas, then I had to do it in Arizona. And now that I'm getting ready to move, I'll have to do it in my next um, adventure too. So... I think when when we're just able to focus on, we are just people, you know. People just want to be acknowledged, um, encouraged, listened to, connected, mm-hmm. and especially in this era of COVID, right? Like we're, we're all, we all seek to be connected to something. Mm-hmm. Then you're wherever, where you're from or what you do becomes like an easier hoop. To, to jump, right? right? Because You're just seeing the other person as a person. And I think that's that's where everything starts, no? I absolutely 100,
0: 200% agree with you. It's kind of like um, what I do here um, yes. on my Stories of Hope is I have talked to well over 300 people mm-hmm. and every single person has a part of part of them inside of me because now I'm learning a little bit more about each person I meet or I walk on the streets non-judgmental because I think that's one thing that our egos do is we judge because society thinks we have to judge but we really don't when you really sit down like I do and have the desire to know more about people I'm not going to get to ask them hey you want to go hang out for coffee unless I know them locally here of course I will right right yeah but maybe one day I'll get to meet them. Or if I don't meet them, I'll know their story to be able to know how to talk to someone else or or give them a resource of something that I got some information on an uh, uh, interview like this one. And mm-hmm. I know that I've gotten to know you for a short time that you're leaving Arizona. So here's yeah. one of those times where... I may never see you again. Good thing for social media, though, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and we've gotten to know each other along with all the other ladies in Fortis Femina, where we've done projects together and volunteering together, and all the things you just mentioned. And that is a community, and it's okay. a it's a it's a it's a lifetime community that will will always feel that we've been connected to you, um, and vice versa. I'm sure. So
1: absolutely,
0: yeah. So I'm going to say I, I wish you. All the best on your next chapter. We are going to miss Thank you,
1: you. <laughs> but I know that I you are meant to.
0: to. But I know that you are meant to to carry on and do other things, to do more community work and, and connecting people. Whether it's for them to see where you came from and, and the talent of your music, or mm-hmm. your professionalism and what you do, or just be in another area, just to have another part of you that you didn't know existed.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I um, every time you go through transitions, it's interesting how you reinvent yourself. And like you and I talked before back in January when, when you gave that um, interview with Simone, um, it's interesting to see how, how we reinvent ourselves as we go through different cycles. For example, I had to go from playing piano my whole life, um, going to college and then deciding that I didn't just want to do piano, I wanted to do business too. I wanted to do leadership, I wanted to do community. Um, And then kind of like rebranding myself to to end up where I'm at today, where I serve as a a human resource uh, manager. And I don't, sometimes I don't even like that word. I I like to say human relations manager because- I like that too. What I do is leadership for people, right? And it's been just so amazing to see how you go from from one thing and then you go to the next one. And honestly, I'm excited to see what I'm going to end up doing because while I'm moving, I'm I'm leaving my position uh, with a great company and my first job right out of college, uh, which I've been able to give them six years of my life. four different States, you know, it's, um, it's been a great ride, but now turning to the next chapter and who knows what's going to (laughs) happen. Before I ask my last question, I
0: have this other one. What would you, being that you were young when you came to the States and all the different things that you weren't even aware that you're going to have to adapt to, as you just mentioned, if there's someone that's, um, young and has a dream and they're not quite sure, and they know they're gonna come across these challenges, how would you inspire them? Or how would you um, motivate them to say, to chase that dream like you did?
1: That's a loaded
0: question. <laughs> <laughs> you answer however you want. We got a couple yeah. minutes before I ask the final question.
1: So what I'm thinking uh, to that I could offer because we're all different, our experience are different, um, I was lucky to have a family that rounded around me. So when, when I got back, I was 15 and I told them, you know, I'm gonna study, I'm gonna go to the States. And I, I remember like my mom was like, okay, let's do it. But I didn't think she believed that I was gonna do it. Like she just said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> but she still supported me. She didn't get on my way per se, right? So if I needed to study, if I needed to do things, um, she would push me, right? My dad was a little hesitant, but you would not believe all the work he put in order for me to um, have some money to come to the States. And then um, he was able like to give me the advice, you know, no matter what happens, because we were like, I think one day before I had to take that one-way ticket, he said, no matter what happens, if you need to come home, we're going to be here. And, and just having that- um, Support. Parents and support that my parents wouldn't be like, you're leaving us, <laughs> um, was a key element because I remember getting there and saying, I'm not going back. Um, but there were tough times, right? And you don't want to tell your parents what's really going on, because they're going to worry, right? But it was always their constant uh, closeness and reassurance, which, reassured me to keep on going up until today. But my mom always said that if you if you have a dream without a plan, then are you really dreaming? So she, she helped me a lot to, okay, well, you wanna to go to the States, so how do you get there? <laughs> and then we would jot it down in, in my journals, right? Like, okay, so you need a scholarship, how are you gonna get it? And what do you need to do? And who do we need to contact? And wh- let me see who my friends know that might know somebody. And, and, it, went, and it went that way. But there was never a, no, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to do it. There, there was always support. So if you are at whatever age and, and you are thinking of, I have this dream, the one thing I'll tell you is put it in writing figure out how to get there you want to make 100k a year well then what do you need to do to make 100k a year and who can help you because it's funny when when you put it out there in the universe that you want to do this people start showing up and start coming and you receive messages and situations happen um but if if you don't even dare to dream or to say that you have a dream um it's different It, it, it might never happen So, yeah, just having that courage to put it into action.
0: Perfect. It's kind of like the vision board. People say, put it down, Mm -hmm.
1: look at it, see it. And you have to change it
0: sometimes, too. With that being said, I have one final question. And that is, what message would you like to leave with our listeners, our viewers? Because this may hit on um, my YouTube channel. What what message would you like to leave? About your I think what, with
1: me. Mm-hmm. when I came to uh, share my story with you, when when you asked me about the interview, the one message I want to to tell people is that they are in charge of their life, and sometimes we forget that. And I know that we don't all we're not all privileged. Maybe we we. We have different battles and we have different stories, but at the end of the day, we're all human and we're all looking for connection to help each other and and to feel good and and be a, a source for good in our communities and where we go. So until we stop comparing ourselves and complain of our situation, and just letting it be, this is what it is, Um, nothing will change. I think um, often people say, you know, that person changed a lot for things that they do or decide to pursue, but um, they have no idea that that's just the the top of the iceberg that they are seeing. It's the day-to-day things that you do. It's, It's working out, it's cooking, when you don't want to cook <laughs> and eating in instead of eating out and volunteering and you know putting yourself there for the other, the little things are the ones that make the big difference, um, even though we might just see the big result at the end. So just a reminder that whatever life throws at us, we own it, we own our reaction, we own our decisions and we own what we say to ourselves. So. I, I think that's the message I would leave it. So if you don't like where you're planted, then move.
0: <laughs> I've heard that phrase by one of my mentors. So it's very yeah. true. You're not a tree,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for being my guest today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Christine, for the support. And if anyone wants to keep the conversation going, um, Aleli Aranda is my handle. So you'll be able to find me on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, and happy to connect spell your name just in case someone didn't understand it with your accent oh yeah that's true a-l-h-e-l-i is my first name Alali. my last name a-r-a-n-d-a so perfect. perfect i am so glad to know you as a friend thanks christine likewise Thank
0: you. Thank you to my guests for listening in on yet another amazing story. Today was diversity and you too, you're not a tree, can get up and go where you need to grow. How about that one? I like that. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story or you have an organization in your community that's making a difference that you feel that needs to be heard, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time everyone. I wish you well and you take care.